You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your superpowered mind. I am your host, Kristen Maxwell, and in this show, we explore the process of transformation and give you tools and strategies that you can use to transform your own life. Today, I am excited to be talking to Dr. Mark Halpern about aligning mind, body, and spirit through coherence. And Dr. Mark Halpern is a chiropractor, author, lecturer, and certified heart math practitioner who's also certified in the healing modalities of Psyche and Ho'ono Onopono. And with a deep understanding of the role that stress management plays in optimal health, he is drawn to methods which promote health and healing of the brain, body, and emotional state. And as the founding CEO, uh, the founder and CEO of Coherence Revolution, his goal has always been to support the healing of others. Dr. Mark or Mark, welcome to your superpowered mind. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, I'm excited to to learn more about some of this work that you've got going on out there. And so I always want to start with understanding you a little bit more. And that is what superpower did you uncover as a result of mastering your mind? Well, I think, you know, the funny thing is my superpower, I've realized that we all have this superpower and it's the ability to use um, our own breath and our own emotional state to change our physiological state literally in the moment. And, you know, as soon as I realized I had that power that I could change my emotional state and therefore change my physiological state, um, I never felt trapped. And so as someone who dealt with anxiety for many, many years, knowing that I have this power that I can change that emotional and physiological state in seconds, not minutes and hours, uh, has definitely turned out to be um, what I call my superpower. Yeah, that's a that's an incredible uh, skill. And I, I've also dealt with anxiety for many, many years. That's what brought me this um, to this whole coaching and everything healing space myself. So can you explain for those who might not know what you mean? How do you change your emotional state? What do you mean by that? Well, there's there's a few aspects to it. I mean, I I happen to be uh, trained by a company called HeartMath, which um, HeartMath has done research in how the heart and brain uh, are connected, and then by using the power of the heart, you can start to entrain the brain. In other words, make it the same as. And what HeartMath has uh, found out with their their research is that the electrical signal of the heart is about 40 times stronger than the brain signal. And so if you can start to get the heart in a, in a very um, relaxed and balanced uh, rhythm, you can start to entrain the brain's rhythm to the exact same frequency. And what happens is you start to affect the higher brain centers that deal with uh, decision-making, that deal with stress, that deal with um, immune system and pain and sleep. And so the idea is that as you start to uh, 
affect your heart's rhythm, you can affect your brain. And as they entrain to each other, it starts to entrain all the other rhythms of the body, including, you know, the way your cells vibrate, the way your digestive system works, the way your lungs breathe. So all of these different systems come together in the same rhythm uh, and they're all entrained together. And that, that affects your physiological state uh, immediately in the moment. And so if you're having a moment where you're feeling stressed or anxious, or you can't think straight, or you're in fight or flight, or you've got uh, you know a massive anxiety attack. By by following um, a process of of pausing, breathing in a specific way through your your belly and out through your mouth, and you start to come into visualizing uh, things that uplift you and give you uh, positive or renewing emotions. And so what they found is that when you start to do this breath work while feeling the emotion of gratitude or while feeling the emotion of love or um, anything really uplifting, it could just simply be happy. It could be relief. It could be any emotion that gives you a positive uh, feeling. As you start to feel that, you start to affect your heart rhythm. And as you start to affect the heart rhythm, then it starts to entrain the brain. And that's really how this process goes. And so literally in my program, uh, I teach people as, as I've learned is how to literally pick an emotion and just start to practice it. And it could be as simple as, you know, going to a mirror and smiling. Because when you go to a mirror and smile, you start to stimulate the brain. The muscles that produce a smiles also produce endorphins in the brain. And so you can literally start to change your physiological state uh, as you start to practice these emotions. Yeah, that's a, that's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, I want to go deeper into that because it almost seems, because I know that when when we're in the midst of feeling really anxious or stressed or whatever it is, it often feels like it's out of our control, you know, that, that we, we can't shift how we're feeling. And so it's amazing to think that if we can do something physiological, that actually changes how we feel in the inside. And I want to go way deeper into that, um, but we are going to take a break. Um, before we go, can you let people know where they can find out about the work that you're doing? Sure. For, for your listeners, I set up a, a landing page at www.coherencerevolution.com forward slash 2022. And if you go there, you can actually download my free ebook. Um, you can download it for free. It won't cost you anything. And you can start to do this work and learn about it. And there's also an online course. And there's a coupon there for 50% off uh, the online course, which uh, there's launch dates uh, just about every month if you check the website. So that's www.coherencerevolution.com forward slash 2022. That sounds amazing. Okay, everybody, hang on for a moment and we will be back and we'll be talking to um, Dr. Halpern more about aligning mind, body, and spirit. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. If you're ready to transform yourself and transform the world through podcasting, we invite you to join us. We co-create a non-competitive, collaborative environment designed to support you as you step into your greatness. Go now to superpowerexperts.com and click on the Programs tab to get started today. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kristen Maxwell, and I'm talking to Dr. Mark Halpern. So I, I'm kind of curious. I, I suspect, because you are the, you talk, you're talking about coherence, so is this rhythm of the brain and the heart um, all matching up? Is that what you would call coherence or what is coherence? So most people have experienced coherence in one 
way or another. I mean, an athlete might describe it as being in the zone where time slowed down and everything just felt right. They had their routine or whatever, their, their performance in their head, and they just felt you know, in that zone. And that, that's a form of coherence. Uh, some other people might have felt it when they walk into a room or a party and there's certain people that they just feel like they need to go over and speak to them. There's an attraction. Well, there's other people that maybe have a negative attraction and that's, you know, coherence and incoherence. But when I talk about physiological coherence, I think what you're describing is right. It's about getting the heart into uh, a nice rhythm. And what uh, heart math has discovered is that we have something called heart rate variability, which is HRV. And when we breathe in, our heart rate goes up, uh, our, goes up. And when we, when we breathe out, our heart rate goes down. So if we breathe in and our heart rate goes up to, let's say 90 beats per minute, and then we breathe out and our heart rate goes down to, let's say 70 beats per minute, 90 minus 70 is 20. So your 20 is an HRV heart rate variability. The larger your HRV, the more adaptable you are to life, the more resilient you are. And that's why when you're in a physiological coherent state, it's the most resilient state that you can be in. Your body's adaptable. And what studies have shown is that the greater your HRV, the longer you live. Uh, in fact, there's been mortality studies that just so, say the lar larger your HRV is, the longer you live. And so it's this adaptable, resilient state. And then as you get, gain that with your heart, as I was saying before, it starts to entrain the higher centers of the brain. And when that happens, now, essentially, all the rhythms of your body are in sync with each other. And you feel it. This is not a theoretical state. This is not something that you kind of got to guess if you're there. When you feel coherent, uh, when you feel the sensation, you know it, it's uplifting, it's inspiring, you feel uh, amazing. This is where your body physically feels good, you mentally feel good. It's where you have uh, increased energy and the energy literally is just building upon each other. And so the idea is to learn how to create just a little bit more coherence in every moment. And uh, you can do this in many ways, but through heart math, it's through your breath and through visualization. In my program, I also teach people how to reach uh, coherence. We talk about our senses where, you know, we all know that there's certain music that if you listen to it, it can bring tears or it can bring joy or it can bring dancing and happiness because um, auditory can produce emotion. And so can visual, Any your visual system can produce emotion, so can taste and smell, as well as your digestive system and your kinesthetic system. So all of these senses of your body can, can produce emotion. And if you learn how, you can start to produce uh, uplifting emotions. And as you produce these uplifting emotions, it helps your body reach a state of coherence. And so the idea is that in every moment throughout the day, you should have tools and a tool bag to know if you're not feeling incoherent, if you're feeling anxious, you're feeling depressed, you're feeling off, you can't make a decision, you're feeling stuck, that you should have a tool bag of things that you know, whether it's listening to a specific song, smelling a specific essential oil, uh, talking with a specific friend, eating uh, specific foods. The idea is that you know all the different things that will change your physiological state. And that's really what the coherence revolution is about, whether it's using your, your breath and the way you breathe, or whether it's using the world around you to create a little bit more coherence in every moment so that if you are feeling stuck, it'll help you move forward. If you can't make a decision, it helps you to, to relook at the situation. If you're in pain, it helps you deal with pain better because it's a resilient state. It's about your body being able to adapt. That's pretty cool. There's a, there's a lot there. It, it sounds simple. Um, is it simple? It is. It's a lot simpler than you would think. The, the fact is, is most people do it 
without trying the first few times in, until they realize maybe what they've done. I mean, I'll give you a good example. Let's say you're at home and you're having a panic attack, you're anxious, maybe you're crying and you're at home alone and you're just freaking out. And then the doorbell rings and there's someone and there's a package at the door that you have to get. You know, most people, what they do is they pull themselves together really quickly, which takes a lot of energy. They don't realize it, but it takes a lot of energy. You pull yourself together in a split second, you wipe those tears off or you straighten out your tie or your shirt or whatever you got to do, and you open the door. And when you open that door, you're greeting the person, usually with a smile, usually you're, you're friendly. And if you're honest, in that moment, you almost feel zero anxiety. You're in the moment. And then, it's, you know, you might be thinking, I got to get rid of this person because you want to go back and break down, you know, this part of you that's like, I'm not finished crying or I'm not finished, you know, getting rid of this emotion. But if in that moment, you've gotten rid of the anxiety and you're in the moment with that person. And it didn't take minutes. It didn't take hours. It literally took seconds of a focused energy and, and changing your emotion. Now, that's an extreme state or an extreme example, except everybody can do this. You can change your physiological state in seconds. It's about practicing and it becoming more and more familiar to you so that you're able to do it uh, for different emotions and in different, in different circumstances. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I, I do know that one of the things that, you know, I used to, um, you know, I said I used to be very, very anxious for mo most of my life. And I would, you know, I'd hear about things like, well, you, you think about things like gratitude and being grateful and um, meditating and all of this. And I'd be like, yeah, well, you know, I can do it for a second. And then I completely forget again. And then I go back into my, to my anxiety, anxious thoughts. And then when I started to understand that what you're doing when you're bringing yourself back to these other thoughts, or I, like in your case, these other states, what you're doing is you're starting to rewire the brain to a different path. Then I'm like, oh, okay, it actually makes sense to do this again and again and again, because it's not just that I'm having to have to fight myself for the rest of my life to try to stay there. It's going to actually change so that that starts to be where my brain goes. Yeah, that's, that's a really, really great point. Uh, and if I take a step back from what you were saying, it's the opposite initially. You know, my problem as a teenager and into my 20s was, you know, you have these insecurities, you start thinking these specific thoughts that were negative, it creates chemicals in the brain that are, you know, stress chemicals, and that produces anxiety. And then once you start feeling anxiety, you create more thoughts, and those thoughts create more chemicals. And it becomes a neurologically ingrained pattern over years that you don't even realize anymore. But now the triggers are easier and easier and easier, because it's a neurological program that's been created. And then as you're saying, if you start to reverse it, you start to identify how to change your emotional state. You start to spend more time in uplifted emotions. You practice uplifted emotions. You practice gratitude. You practice joy and relief and, and happiness. And you literally start practicing these emotions. And as you practice those emotions, it releases different chemicals in the brain. And the brain gets more familiar with those chemicals and it, it produces them a little bit easier every time. And so as you're saying, eventually you start to change your emotional set point for when you wake up in the morning, instead of initially, uh-oh, I'm afraid of the day, it's I'm excited for the day because now you're, you've practiced it. You're literally getting used to feeling more and more uplifted emotions. But it's it really is not about 
uh, thinking. It's really about feeling. And, you know, the story I like to relate is, is using HeartMath technology, you can actually get biofeedback through the computer to see when you're in coherence. But you don't really need it because you can feel when you're in coherence. The computer sort of just um, agrees with you and, and kind of uh, shows you that, that you're there, but you can generally feel it. And I remember it was about, uh, about 10 years ago, 2011-ish, I was uh, sitting on my bed having quite a bit of anxiety and I was practicing heart math. And I was having the hardest time getting into coherence on my computer and I was getting frustrated. And if you start getting frustrated doing breath work, it's taking away all the benefit of it because now you're getting frustrated doing something that you're is supposed to uplift you. And so I took a, you know, I was trying to think what, what emotion could I feel? I was thinking about clouds and beaches and, and, you know, just everything relaxing and nothing was working. And so I remember sitting on the bed and thinking, what could make me feel emotionally uplifted? And I have, in that moment, I envisioned my six-year-old daughter at the time. I envisioned her jumping into my arms and giving me a hug. And I didn't just visualize the hug. I felt it. I felt her arms come around me. I felt her kiss me on the cheek. I felt the, the, the arms around me and we, we were hugging each other in, in, my, in my visualization. And so I felt it. And as soon as I felt the hug, the software went into coherence. I felt a, a tingle throughout my whole body. And I had attained, I think for the first time, our true state of physiological coherence. I felt incredible. And it wasn't just the breath work and the visualization that did it. It was the feeling of the, the full emotion of the hug. And so for me, that was a real easy way to get that emotion. Other people, it might be petting their dog. It might be visualizing different people, different circumstances. But when you hit that pure emotion with the breath work and you start to feel it, you, you understand what coherence is because your body literally feels in this uplifted, resilient state. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it's funny, I'm thinking about when I'm working with people, what I often do when they get to a point where they're really relaxed or happy or whatever the emotion is, I ask them to take a snapshot of that feeling in their body to really just, you know, take a picture of what does it feel like to be in this state? Because then you can call it back up again and practice calling that up again. So I guess that's a little bit, you know, much less technologically that what I'm doing is like, okay, what does that feel like to be in that state? Okay. Now, tomorrow, go back and feel into that and see if you can call it up again. Yes, practice it over and over. And, 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 you know, in my course, I take it even a little bit further than that, because people want to feel different emotions at different times of the day. And so what we have people do is, is, is create a schedule for themselves, literally from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed, and they start to identify the different emotions you'd like to feel throughout the day. So, you know, when I wake up, I want to feel energized and uplifted, but, you know, at night, I want to feel relaxed and more at peace. And at lunch, I want to feel, um, you know, productive and inspired or whatever the emotions are that you want to feel. And so when you start to identify the schedule and then the emotions that you want to feel during your day, then you literally start to practice the emotions at different times of the day. And it's like you're practicing the dream life. You're, you're practicing the life that you want to live. And as you start to practice it, it becomes more familiar to you. It becomes easier to produce those emotions. And so as you're saying, you can start to call up these emotions again and again in different aspects of your day, different times of the day, so that you're starting to live according to the emotions of joy and inspiration rather than the emotions of stress. Yes, exactly. And 
I, I want to impress upon people who are listening and they're like, yeah, right. It is a process. It is a process of doing it again and again and again and again, but it really does start to change you. And well, there, I mean, you show up. there's people that do cognitive behavioral therapy and CBT. When I did it, it is the most repetitious thing you could ever do because every time you had to do a thought record or something that was, you know, you had thought that was wrong. You had to write, do all this writing and it, and it became, it was just so much, you had to stay on top of it. So I know for me, CBT was very effective when I was doing it, but it became exhausting to keep it up. And so when we talk about practicing emotions and it's uplifting emotions, I find it fun. I've created a system where I enjoy doing it. So I think practicing is important, but it's not um, it's not boring practice, certainly. And it is certainly unique because you're starting to practice the emotions of inspiration and joy. And so it, this is not homework. We call it home play because you're really just enjoying the idea of practicing uplifting emotions. And the more you practice, the more the better you become at, at uh, creating them. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so you're mentioning breath work. Is there can you give us an example of the kind of breath work that you that you would want to do? Um, well, the very basics, uh, heart math has many different uh, types of breath work. There's also other, other forms of breath work other than heart math out there, but as a very, uh, I think as a very good place to start, if you understand your breath system. So for instance, when you breathe in, you stimulate the sympathetic nervous system, which is alertness, but that's also stress. So fight or flight is part of the sympathetic system, the, the anxiety trigger. So when you breathe in, it's alert. But when you breathe out, it's the relaxation, it's the parasympathetic system. And so the idea is if you can elongate your out breath, you're stimulating the relaxation system just a little bit more. So as a very beginning of breath work, I usually just have people do what I call four, six breathing, where you're breathing in through the nose for four seconds and then pursing your lips and breathing out through your mouth for six seconds. And so the out, the out breath is just a little bit elongated and that stimulates the relaxation system. And so if you do four, six breathing for even a minute, maybe two minutes, you can change your entire physiological state. And I know when I do it, it just allows me to come back to the moment and refocus on what needs to be done next. So as a very, in, uh, as the starting point, I would simply just have people doing four, six breathing. Yeah, that's great. I'm just sitting here doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's always. So what kinds of things get us out of coherence? Well, that's a good question because we're all stuck in that all day. The, the people we experience, the, uh, the jobs that we have, the food that we eat, the thoughts that we think, right? If you think about all the things that create coherence, you have to consciously pay attention to them because we find it, I think humans find it a lot easier to just go down that negative road. And, uh, you know, from everything I've learned, it's, it's about the brain always trying to keep you alive and safe. And so what the brain does is it scans your environment, every aspect of your environment, and it's looking for danger a lot. And so that ends up producing a lot of fearful thoughts in people. And as you produce fearful thoughts, it starts to create incoherence in, in, in your body because now you're creating the, the hormones of stress and uh, you start to stimulate the fight or flight response. But that can also happen through the people that we surround ourselves with. And it can be happening with the, the food that we eat. And so that's why it's so important to go through each aspect of your life because it's just as important to distinguish what is creating incoherence as it is 
what's causing coherence because the idea is to get rid of everything that's creating incoherence and just do more of the things that create coherence. And that includes, you know, I, I don't think that, um, you have to get rid of people in your life, but you also have to distinguish who are the people that I'm going to spend more time with, who are the people that I'm going to uh, allow in, so to speak, so that I, I don't create incoherence in my life. And same with jobs and same with uh, you know friends and, and even family. So it, it's really about distinguishing what works for you and what doesn't in every aspect of your life. Because if incoherence starts to creep in, even in little bits you realize that throughout the day, little the little negatives can add up. And in my book, I, I in my book I talk about small things, and I give a funny example of this coffee cup that I used to have. And every time I would drink this coffee cup, it would dribble down my chin. And so, literally, if I took fifty sips, I'd have little fifty dribbles, and it was annoying to me. And eventually, I thought, why am I drinking from this coffee mug? Because it's annoying me. And we all have these little things, whether it's the pen we use, the, the clothes we wear, little annoyances that if you have lots of them throughout the day, it just adds to the incoherence. So it could be something large and it could be something small, but it all adds up to our inability to feel um, relaxed and inspired and renewed. We feel exhausted, we feel tired, and we feel stressed out because there's so many aspects of our lives that are creating incoherence. Uh, and that's why it's important to be conscious about um, doing the self-inquiry to make sure you know what's causing you incoherence and what things can cause you coherence. As soon as you've done the self-inquiry uh, and the course takes you through that, it goes through every aspect of your life. Because as soon as you've done that, then, then you have the power. Now you have the ability to say, I'm not going to do that, but I am going to do that. And it's based upon what you have figured out has worked for you. Mm -hmm. And what happens if, so for example, you know, you sometimes are stuck with the people, you know, they're your family members and you live in the house and you are not able to move out, you know, for whatever reason, how is it just then a process of um, learning to calm yourself when you're going to interact with them anyway? You know, what do you recommend then? Well, I know in my own, in my own life, there are people that you know, when I was going through this process, because everything that I teach, I did literally, uh, you know, every, every aspect of it I've done, uh, you know, I had to make lists of people. And there were certain people that I had to eliminate from my life, even if I'd known them for a long time. And there were some people that I couldn't eliminate, but I would reduce my time with them. And I would expect much less in terms of, um, you know, we have to look at what we want from different relationships. And the idea is that you start to figure out who are the people that inspire you and keep you uplifted and who brings you down. And the only thing I can say is that you would spend less people, less time around the people that bring you down, or you have a toolbox of things. For instance, I use heart math wherever I am, but whether it's heart math or whether it's, um, you know, different tools that other people have, whether it's music or um, as I was talking about before, whether it's food or whether it's different environments, you have to strengthen your amount of coherence if you know you're about to go into the lion's den, so to speak. If you know you have no choice but to be in an environment, whether it's a people, whether it's a place, whether it's you know you're at a restaurant and the food isn't uh, you know your favorite, whatever it is, you have to have a toolbox of things that can help empower you while you have to go through incoherence. But I know in my life that now that I have this toolbox, there's very few situations 
that I allow myself to go through uh, where it's all about incoherence. And if it is, then I give myself permission to go through it and allow myself then at the end of it, whether it's a, a, a dinner with people that I didn't want to be with, whether it's having to do something at work I didn't want to do, or whether it's, you know, uh, listening to music that I, is annoying to me. The, the idea is that you have a toolbox of things, whether it's uh, using your own breath or whether it's um, changing completely where you are. But the toolbox that you have that you've figured out for yourself is the most important thing because in every instance, you should have something that can help bring a little bit of uh, coherence to the situation. Yeah. Right. So if you've got to go to a job that is really difficult, but it's what you're in right then, you know, learning to calm yourself maybe before you go in that's um, right, and taking moments to bring yourself, center yourself, you know, breathing when you can. Yeah. I could see that. So that it then becomes your experience of it maybe is a little bit less triggering of the fight and flight. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my approach is always make the situation you're make the situation you're in the best possible you can while you're figuring out a way to, a way to get out of the, get out of the situation. Mm -hmm. In other words, you might have to do that job, but if it's really creating incoherence in your life, there should be something on the back burner where you are, actively trying to get out of that job while still trying to make the job more tolerable for yourself. So uh, I do believe that there's, there's nothing you have to be stuck with in life. You should always be attempting to live your best life. Uh, we're all caught in situations that, you know, maybe aren't our best, but I find that at least with me, when I feel stuck in a situation, if I'm starting to figure out ways to improve other situations or to create a different one, it makes it more tolerable to be in the situation that I'm in. Cause I know that I'm being proactive about it. Yeah. Exactly. You're moving towards figuring out what it is you want instead. Yes. And how to get there. Yes. That's great. Well, can you remind people again where they can learn more, um, you know, about the Coherence Revolution? Sure. sure. The Coherence Revolution, which is a six-week online uh, live course, uh, usually it starts once a month. Uh, the first one is actually starting in February um, of this year, and then there'll be usually start dates once a month. And so I wanted to give your listeners the opportunity, A, to read the book and to start diving into the concepts and also to uh, do the course. And um, there's a bit of an incentive there as a 50% off discount. So if you go to uh, www.coherencerevolution.com forward slash 2022, you should be able to download the book for free and uh, and get a 50% off code for the course. And so, uh, yeah, I encourage anybody that really is looking to take control of their life and be able to have tools um, to manage the stress and to be able to handle overwhelm and to deal with pain in their immune system and, and basically uh, allow their body to work the way they've always wanted to work. That's That's what this is all about, figuring out the best way for you to create the life that you want to live. Great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of your knowledge today with everybody. And listeners, thank you for being here and showing up for yourself. Um, if you want to know more about, you know, our community and activities and learning at Superpower Experts, you can head over to superpowerexperts.com or your superpoweredmind.com and check out our programs and membership areas there. And until next time, go out and remember that you do hold the power to change and transform your world. Take care. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. 